Cosmic Pleasure Podcast. I'm your host, Amy D. Thompson from amydintuitive.com. I'm an intuitive mentor, tantrika, energy healer, writer focused on topics of body, mind, soul, and sex. In this podcast, we discuss topics on discovering, developing, and embodying our limitless pleasure potential in this lifetime. We cover topics of sexual empowerment, spiritual development, energy medicine, mindfulness, and holistic health and wellness. This podcast is for the modern day human looking to open their heart and mind to the limitless potential of pleasure in life, love, and of course, sex. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast today, babes. My name is Amy D. I am an intuitive mentor that focuses on sexual empowerment for women, which does not just include sex of course the concept i discuss is sex as a spiritual practice body mind soul and sex so focusing on sexual wellness as a holistic from an from a holistic approach so today on the podcast babes i want to discuss why wisdom is not just following what feels good there is this really airy fairy idea in the spiritual world Um, and within the world in general that we should always be following what feels good to us that we should be doing everything according to our feelings and while being in tune with our emotions and with how we are feeling is so so important oftentimes it is important to tune into the feelings to really see what has triggered those feelings within us not necessarily to always follow what's feeling good in life and our decision making um and our you know on our journey of life we want to be making the decisions for our highest good well not all of us but if you're listening to this podcast I'm sure you are one of those people who are wanting to make decisions for our highest good to uplift your life to level up in life love and in sex and one of these concepts the concept of following what feels good is keeping us stuck and this is something that even I have even come to deeper realizations on this topic since studying tantra since going deeper into my own spiritual journey um because for me psychically clear clear sentience which is clear feelings and you're going to have to excuse me I'm getting a bit of a cold so I sound a bit stuffy and um sexy today um but you know so clear sentience was my strongest clear when I woke up if you're not sure what the clears are I'll do another podcast on this but clear sentience ultimately just means clear feelings so it's like I could really tune into other people's feelings and for a while um because this is this is pre-spiritual awakening pre any spiritual work I thought I was bipolar because I was feeling all of the things like feeling one minute I'd go to work happy and I was a beauty therapist at the time and 
I would find halfway through the day or by the end of the day, I just feel exhausted, depleted and just depressed, like super low. Um, But once I started to spiritually wake up and I was taught about energy clearing from um, a spiritual mentor, I started really devoting to just a simple energetic clearing um, morning and night and really protecting my energy and working from a space that's in your yang energy rather than in your yin so you're giving energy rather than you're receiving energy and honestly it did wonders I was not bipolar I was simply feeling all of the other people's stuff so there's a few different things I want to get into today and I think we'll talk discuss five different reasons why feeling following our feelings is not always the best way First of all, I want to talk about the three bodies that we have. The physical triad is what it's called in Tantra. So this is number one. So I'll just give you a little bit of education on what the physical triad is. We have three different bodies that make up our personality as a human on this planet. It's the astral body, the physical body, and the mental body. I'm sure you're aware what the physical and the mental body is, but for those of you who are starting out on this journey, the astral body is the emotional body. It's the part of the body that is emotionally driven, is connected to feeling. And because the astral body within ourselves, because we have an astral body as a collective as well, Our astral body within ourselves is so strong at the moment, it's really learning to use our mind and our physical body to be more discerning with how we are making decisions from this astral body. Because the astral body is also known as the great trickster. In Tantra, they call it the great trickster. And for that very reason, that sometimes it might make you feel good. I mean, how often have you fallen in love with or chosen a sexual partner or a romantic partner because it felt good and as it turned out, it was not so good. I know I have done that many times where at the start it made me feel all the feels but then by the end it was toxic and messy and damaging and traumatizing. So that's a perfect example of why wisdom is not just following what feels good actually wisdom is not following what feels good half the time so the astral body is the part of us is the emotional body so you have your physical body you have your etheric body which is your energetic body and then you have your astral body the astral body is also the part of us that holds all of our traumas all of our past pains all of our All of the things that may have happened to us in this lifetime and in previous lifetimes. So they call this in Tantra a scar. Other spiritualists might call it a shadow. Whatever resonates with you is fine. This shadow or this scar, when we're triggered by something, maybe it's a memory, maybe it's a comment from somebody at work, maybe it's a smell or a taste or a sensation or a, an experience that reminds you of, of this particular scar. Because these scars as well, these, these shadows, they never go away. Of course they can get smaller, they can be minimized, they can, they can shrink in size and that's why we do this work. Because the astral is like an untrained puppy. We need to train this this body. But I'll do I'll go deeper into that um, astral at another day. 
but these shadows they never go away and when we're triggered they scratch the scar they scratch the scar they scratch the shadow and they trigger us and they make the scar bigger and this astral body then turns to our addictive nature to try to support the trauma the feelings that are coming up for us and they can trigger us into responding into doing things like having sex on a whim with somebody that maybe you don't even like because you have a pattern of sexing it out when you have issues come up in your life aka the younger version of Amy um, or maybe they trigger you to go and eat a whole block of chocolate also me <laughs> um, maybe they trigger you to go and smoke a packet of cigarettes or get shit-faced with your friends um or you know scroll on social media mindlessly just to try and numb out the sensation that's been triggered by the scar being triggered so the astral takes us into these places that we don't want to go the astral takes us into repeating patterns so we're if we're feeling if we're following purely what we're feeling we're actually encouraging this astral scar to grow and we're encouraging the astral body to dominate our being, which is not what we want. We want balance of all three to have a balanced personality in this lifetime. And, and, and by personality, yes, I mean personality, but I also mean just a balanced being in this lifetime. A balanced being is when our astral bodies are all in harmony, which they're never going to be perfectly in harmony, never ever. But it's recognizing the part of us that is our weakest point. For some, it will be our astral for some it will be our physical and for some it will be our mental in my lifetime so far it has been my astral body that's needed the most support and I never saw it like that I just thought I was just a very emotionally driven person but now I see it for what it was is that my heart space is so open and my astral is my weakest point and I allow myself to be follow I was allowing myself for a long time to follow what felt good but what what's feeling good is not always the way to our highest destination and to a place of love and support for ourselves so number one it's recognizing the astral body the great trickster of the physical triad which we just discussed and recognizing that we do not want the astral body the emotional body to be dominating our decisions because how often have you made a decision in love in life in sex that felt good at the time but ended up feeling like shit I mean how good does it feel to eat a block of chocolate right but how do you feel afterwards like shit right or how good does it feel to have the desire and the attention of a new sexy fling for those of you who are inclined to have one night stands and to go out um, on an addictive sexual rampage and, and enjoy the thrill of the chase or the thrill of being desired. But how does it feel the next day? Once you've made that decision to have a one night stand with someone who's not for your highest good, who doesn't have your best interests in hand, who doesn't care about you, not really, they just see you as a... You're just experiencing sex in a superficial, animalistic way. It doesn't feel good afterwards, right? It's not a decision for our highest good. That's a decision that takes us into our lower nature. We continue to feel unfulfilled and continue to seek more desire to try and fill that hole, which just leads us into another hole. 
is learning that following what feels good in the spontaneous moment is not always the best way and it's not wisdom. Number two, it's learning to become the rock in your own ocean. So in Tantra, they talk about the rock in the ocean, the rock being the masculine, the ocean being the feminine, the rock being consciousness, the rock being stable and holding space for the wild and emotionally driven feminine and remembering that the masculine and feminine resides within all of us, men and women. It is an energy. It is an essence. It is not gender. It is not gender driven. But it's learning that you do not have to wait for a partner to be your rock. You do not have to wait for a masculine energy or a feminine energy to become the rock in your own ocean. It's becoming the rock in your own ocean so you can witness these emotions. Either the rock in the ocean or the watcher of your own thoughts and the watcher of your own emotions. And when you become and when you can become the watcher of your own emotions, the watcher of your own thoughts, you become the being you become more than your emotions. You become connected to divine. And that is where wisdom is born, I believe, anyway, is when we can become the observer of all of these things happening inside of us because it's remembering that, that before we incarnated on this planet, we were not tangible. We were not physical. And we did not have the physical triad. We were not... We did not have a personality, we were a soul. We were in the spiritual world, whatever whatever that means to you. So when we come to the human world, to earth, it's about learning how to be on this planet that's healthy for us. It's learning life lessons through the journey home to the self, ultimately, right? So how do we do that? We learn to become the observer, which is not our emotions, which is not our thoughts. We are not our thoughts. We are not our emotions. We are something behind that. We are the essence, the energy behind those things, that spiritual essence. Maybe it's not spiritual. Maybe it's just it just is. That's all it is. It just is. And I know this is this might be hard for some of you to wrap your head around, but those who need this message will will receive it and I do believe that so by becoming the rock in your own ocean it's recognizing that the rock is consciousness it is our self-awareness it is becoming self-aware and self-reflective on why maybe an emotion is coming up for us what has triggered you what has taken you into this place of feeling what has triggered you into a good sensation and what has triggered you into a bad sensation good and bad or Mm, you know loving or unloving higher lower whatever works for you don't get caught up on the words while words are important they are not everything intention is more important than words so you become the rock in your ocean by cultivating the safety within yourself to know that you can hold yourself in any scenario and this is important, especially when you're navigating mental health, like I have many, many times in my life. And as I've journeyed onwards and older, 
whenever I have a low time now, I am strong enough now within my consciousness to step away from the emotions and see them. Doesn't mean I don't feel them. It is not about not feeling. It is not about shutting down your heart space. It is not about not allowing yourself to feel and express your emotions. Express away, feel away, but witness them, see them, name them out loud if you need to. And please know I'm not a specialist on emotions. This is just what I've learned on my own journey and um, yeah, my own understanding of it all. So becoming the rock in your ocean is about cultivating safety within yourself. Safety, becoming your own safe space, knowing that no matter what, you trust yourself enough to make the decision for your highest good. The decision that's going to bring you home more to yourself, that's going to enhance your joy, that you have the power to reflect on what is important to you and the decisions that you're making. Which brings me to the third point of why wisdom is not just feeling, following what feels good. It's using logic. And logic is my third point. Using logic is so important when you're moving into the space of more self-awareness and cultivating wisdom. Wisdom and following wisdom does not always feel good. Remember that. You can let somebody down because you need to for your own well-being. And that does not feel good, right? But you still have to do it if you want you yourself to be the healthiest version of yourself. And the only way you serve others is by becoming the healthiest version of yourself. The only way you're a good mother or the only way you're a good partner or a good sexual lover is by using logic to be discerning about the decisions you make which does not always feel good it might feel good for example i'll use use an example it may feel good to be with a partner right even if they treat you like shit 90% of the time but that 10% of the time maybe he gives you like the most bomb orgasms of your life or you know he he gives you just like a little, he or she, sorry, gives you a little taste of, you know, what it's like to feel beautiful or desired or loved or whatever. Only 10% of the time, but 90% of the time they're treating you like shit, right? They talk down to you, they belittle you, they don't hear you, they don't see you, they don't respect you. They don't understand you and they don't even want to understand you, right? But... Your astral body will tell you, but but sometimes I feel good with them. And, you know, like, they will, the astral body will take you into this addictive nature. That will be maybe a pattern of, oh, I can fix them. Or if I just love them a little bit more, maybe they will see my worth and they'll, they'll love me more. So you end up giving yourself more and more and more against your own better judgment and your own intuitive knowings that this guy or girl is never going to show up for you in the ways that you need they will never be your rock in your and your rock in the ocean and that is when logic comes in and you need to say that even though you feel something even though you may feel like you miss them when you leave or you feel sad when you break up or you feel like your heart is just going to 
fall out of your chest and you, like you're in debilitating pain from a separation for example that does not mean that it was not the right decision and this is why it's so important to follow logic because there will be somebody that respects you that honors you that sees you that holds you and can hold you but while you're with that other person who doesn't that person is not going to come in because there's no room there's no room for the person that respects you because it's filled with this person who doesn't give a fuck about you so in that circumstance that is when logic comes in and journal on this if you're finding it hard to be discerning with your decisions and make make decisions from a logical perspective rather than this astral this shadow space that just wants to feel good and wants to keep falling into these patterns because it's like like your relationship pattern has become crack for you yeah the come down is horrendous right when they're treating you like shit but the high that shit's addictive so journal on it this is what I've had to do in my own life on my own journey of breaking these patterns and working on my astral body and training my astral body journal on the ways that they make you feel good and the ways that they don't and yes I'm talking like a pros and cons list if you if you must and step away from the emotions and and say to yourself if I was not feeling lonely or scared of being alone or like I was missing them if I was not feeling that that deep sensation of dread and hopelessness and despair if I was my own best friend logically would I say stay or would I say leave would I say that there is room for growth or has this book ended? Journal on it. In this relationship situation, it's just an example. You can use this for any any decision that you're making. It can be relationships, but it could be business. It could be child decisions, decisions around your child. It could be anything. But logic needs to come into it. We cannot keep following what feels good all of the time because this takes us into deeper, darker places. It re-traumatizes us. It deeper traumatizes us. I know because I've done it for most of my life. It does do damage. Following what feels good is not the way to go. And then when you witness these addictive patterns, how do you get yourself out of this? How do you get yourself out of an addictive pattern? And yes, it's a practice. You're not going to do it overnight. This is my fourth point. For me, what I've learned is the best way to, and I don't want to just say, focus on yourself, babes, because, you know, that's such a, such a cliche for one, but it's such a broad suggestion, such a broad tip. But what I would suggest is creating and following your own dharma. Rather than filling the space of your life with these addictive patterns, jumping on the next dick or searching for the next man or woman to desire you, 
we're going to be talking using relationships as an example obviously because my podcast is mostly about sex and relationships but it doesn't have to be rather than filling your life with addictions drugs alcohol sex whatever can you find yourself in this moment can you go deeper into what lights you up and I often ask people you know what lights you up what gets you going what excites you and I know there's so many people out there that you know most people that I ask this they say oh you know I I don't know I honestly don't know and it's fucking bullshit I'm sorry but you do know like you do know you might not it might not have come into your awareness yet but journal on it journal on it every fucking day until it becomes clear to you what makes you happy and brings you joy happy is very broad but what brings you joy what lights you up what excites you what is your too much what is that thing that everyone persecutes you for that you're such a you're so for me growing up it was oh you're too sexual you know like why is everything sex with you why do you always talk about sex oh Amy's talking about sex again (laughs) and yeah when I was younger I was talking about sex in more of an imbalanced way but sex was my too much because I loved I loved having these conversations with people about their sex life but not just the superficial aspects of sex but the deeper essence of it the connection the passion but what's your too much What's that thing that maybe you're labeled a nerd about or, you know, you kind of, maybe it's still in the closet for you. Maybe you haven't talked about it to anyone, but you just have this deep desire to learn something new or to, there will be something that you love to do. What experiences in your life so far when you reflect, even into childhood, what were you good at as a child? What were you known for as a child? What did you know in your soul essence when you were seven or eight years old? What did you know to be true for you? What lit you up? And yes, it might be something like, I don't know, diggers or something like that. You know, whatever. But how does that reflect into your present time? Yes, maybe now you're not interested in diggers or something. But maybe you're interested in how things work. The intricacies the problem solving maybe that's connected to your dharma so step four or point four that i want to make is it's so important to have your own thing whether you're no matter how busy you are it's so important to have your own dharma to be following your own purpose to be lighting up your life in the way that only your soul is here to do because we're all here for some reason we're all here to do something so the way you start to step away from just following only what feels good and this is not just about following what feels good when it comes to your dharma it's logically thinking like what am I good at for me I was like when I came onto this journey, I was like, I am good at having these discussions with sex. I know in the past with my friends or with random strangers, I could have sex about just sex. <laughs> I could talk about sex and be incredibly helpful to them. Even before I started this work, 
I was a safe space for so many people before I start, started doing this work to discuss things that they were embarrassed about. The intricacies of sex that people don't want to talk about because they don't know, you know, maybe when I was younger, it was like, didn't know how to give a blowjob or hated giving a blowjob, needed to know, needed to understand how to learn to enjoy giving a blowjob, wouldn't need to, but wanted to, or wanted to know how to have more confidence to say no, no, that's not good, or to communicate more in the bedroom, for example. I knew I was good at it, logically. So dharma, following your dharma is not just following what feels good. It's being logical, reflecting on your life, reflecting on what's lit you up, and reflecting on what you're good at in general. It can be anything. Because when you start to, you don't have to do all the projects, but when you start to do little things for yourself, for your own dharma, for your own purpose, you begin to feel fulfilled. And you don't need to turn to those addictive tendencies all of the time. And please understand that it's not shutting off from our astral body completely. Hell no, we can't, we can't do that. There's no way. Your astral needs a little bit. So give the astral body a little bit. You know, follow what feels good a little bit. Of course, your astral body needs to rest. It needs a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to find you try to starve your astral body and you're just going to relapse full hog. But if you can find the balance, and this was the whole point of this podcast, is recognizing that it's balancing those three bodies that I talked about at the start, the astral, the physical, and the mental. The three bodies that make up the personality. That was That is the aim. So creating and following your own purpose is a beautiful way to help you break these patterns. And the fifth point I want to make today is that attaching to what feels good means we are also attaching to what does not feel good, which is severely damaging. Because if we are attaching to that addictive feeling of high, that high of feeling good, we're also going to be attaching to the feeling of feeling not good, which leads people into suicide, into suicidal thoughts, into severe mental health issues. This is not the place we want to be. I know because I've been there many times. You, If you can find more balance in the astral body and the emotional body in your shadow self and you can integrate that into your life, you can become the witness of your emotions rather than allow the emotions to swallow you. You will not go so deep in your dark times. You will still trip. You will still trip. You will still stumble, you will still fall sometimes and you will still experience darkness. We always, always will. But you will know how to get out of it. You will rise again easier. You will find your way easier. You will find your light again with more ease and with more grace and with more support because you have that safe space. You are your rock in your ocean. You can sit with it you can sit with the pain you can sit with the fear you can sit with the anxiety the stress the overwhelm whatever you're feeling and you can rise out of it so my fifth tip today is work on detaching yourself is that even a thing unattaching yourself <laughs> from the need to feel good all of the time and when you are feeling good enjoy it for sure 
enjoy that feeling but don't grip onto it don't hold on to it just let it be just learn to experience it to enjoy it to just like what's it called like lavish in it I was going to say ravish in it which kind I talk about sex so of course ravish in it if you want but do not grab onto it do not hold on for dear life for fear that one day you're going you could slip back into that dark space because you won't just it's not that you just could that is that you actually will <laughs> you will fall back into the dark space at some point for whatever reason this is the whole point of life if it was easy we would not get to the end of our journey and have learned anything the whole point is learning you know in esoteric teachings there's seven heavenly planets earth is not one of them earth is known as the planet of or the school of pain and suffering that does not mean that earth has to be miserable but it's recognizing that we learn our deepest lessons on this planet in the pain in the hardship suffering is an inevitable inevitable part of life we need to stop avoiding it we need to embrace it and I know that sounds so much, that sounds so hard, right? Embracing pain and suffering. But if we can embrace pain and suffering and learn our lessons from it and really like fight for the light through our pain and suffering, then we will find that even when we're suffering and we're having pain, we can still see the light. We can still experience good even when we're pain and suffering. It's not swallowing us completely. But when we try to avoid it, when we try to avoid that shadow, it will swallow it will swallow you completely. And this is not what we want. And this is not what I want for you. I want you to suffer in harmony, in love, in light, in peace. Maybe not peace isn't the right word. But I want you to suffer with grace. Knowing that the suffering will lead you home again. And you might beg for it to end. Of course you will. The suffering to end, for sure. But you will also have a deep inner knowing on that soul level because you've cultivated that safety within yourself. You've cultivated the self-awareness to know that that good, that feeling of goodness will be back again soon. Sending you love, babes, and I hope this was supportive on your journey. Big love. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast today, babes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would support my message mission by subscribing and reviewing my podcast. If you would like to follow my work, you can find me on social media at I am Amy D, or you can check out my website, amydintuitive.com. I hope to connect with you soon and I'm sending you so much love.